Hello. How are you today? I uh, hope you're doing well. Hey, jump in the comments. Let me know where you're where you're coming from, how it's going, and uh, what's on your mind today. Um, got a don't have a lot to cover, but it feels like a lot, um, just because of the nature of, of how I pull some of this material. Uh, it feels like there was a lot uh, to go over. Uh, so we've been in the uh, the series. Uh, the shepherd's crook, the comfort of discipline. And we have been talking about God's discipline, how the rod and the staff, they both comfort us, right? How discipline is a, a good thing for us to, to experience, right? We should be uh, able to, we should be able to experience that in a way that is, is positive and not feeling like uh, we're having condemnation or guilt or punishment heaped upon us because that's not what it is. And that's not what this series is about. And uh, what we've been doing on Mondays is going through uh, some spiritual disciplines that go along with this. Um, not necessarily going to talk about spiritual disciplines today, um, but I do want to um, uh, just kind of continue to hit upon some of the stuff Angie hit on yesterday, because if you haven't uh, gone and listened to that yesterday, uh, yesterday's message about conquered. Uh, you really need to get back there and, and listen to that. It, there was, there was a lot of content in there that is so valuable and so necessary uh, for us. And there are, um, there are a lot of things that Angie said and talked about yesterday that you, you're going to want to hear and you're going to want to take into your time with Holy spirit, because I know it's going to be applicable for your life. And I know it's going to bring, uh, bring you to a place of growth and a place of uh, intimacy with the father. And one of the things she talked about is uh, we need to be reminded of our promises. So we carry them with us wherever we go in, in, in God's conversation with Moses. He talked about, he was the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and reminding Moses of the promise to Israel, the promise that he made to them as his chosen people, right? So we need to keep our own promises in mind as well. And the promises that are spoken of our family, whether that's your, your personal family or uh, even the family in that body of believers that you share oneness with, the promises spoken over that uh, group needs to be remembered as well, because you want to carry those with, with you wherever you go. You want to be able to pull those out in, in, in the face of some uh, negative situation or some um, outcome that isn't necessarily what you thought it would be, you want to be able to go back and stand on the promises and not be discouraged. Right? It's important to, to keep these things in mind because they're going to keep you focused on Jesus and not worrying about what's going on. The things that go on around you are all within his control, but we have to trust and we have to believe that that is actually the case. Hey, good morning, Jing. Good morning, Angie. And good morning, Sana, I think is how you say that. Um, hope you're all doing well. Uh, so we need to remind ourselves of the promises that we carry uh, with us wherever we go. Something else that uh, we've been talking about and Angie mentioned yesterday was you need to see uh, the fire of the Lord uh, rightly. Uh, we need to recognize that he is, 
is good still and still has good things for us. The, this, the fire that he's bringing into your life to refine you is part of that discipline, right? It's part of what strengthens your character. It's part of what uh, is for your good. It's, it's for your growth. So we have to see that rightly. We can't look at it as, um, as judgment in a negative way. There, there is uh, a point where God is sitting on the, the, the judgment seat and saying enough is enough. Right. And, and Angie got into that. Uh, and, and I believe Pepper did it at, when she prayed at the end as well. So you need to go back and watch this. Okay. Because we have to be able to see this rightly. He is, is breaking us open to refine us, not to punish us. So when you hear a message that's, that's fiery, that brings, uh, brings something up inside of you, some angst or offense, don't let it send you in the wrong direction. You get to choose, right? You get to choose, like, I'm going to go and be mad about this and, and now I'm going to isolate myself from these people because they're not saying what I want them to say. Uh, no, take it, expose it to the light and look at it. How is this serving you? If it's serving you well, great. If it's not, which it likely isn't because that's the offense that's brought up and the things that God is wanting to burn out of you with his fire, right? That, that refinement. going to need to go but you got to look at it you got to take it out you can't let it offend you and, and send you running into isolation right so all right um and, and again don't something else angie said don't argue about how god is showing up because it makes you uncomfortable this is in the same vein of what we were just talking about if 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 how he shows up makes you uncomfortable and offends you Stop and look at why. What's going on around you in your life that is making you feel that way? And again, expose it to the light. Don't hold on to it and run and hide. All right. And, and this, this is the piece where it kind of all ties together with what she was saying yesterday is, is if you allow that to send you running and hiding, that's, that's an escapism mentality and it isn't going to get you anywhere. Right. You need to stay occupied with the promises that you've been given. You need to stay occupied with who you are and whose you are. Because you are a child of God and you have dominion. And if you stay busy with all of that, you don't have time to try to escape. You don't have time to try to go run and hide and and argue with God about how he's showing up in your life and and not rightly seeing the goodness that he has for you when you're seated, co-seated with Jesus right next to the Father. There's not time for all that other stuff, right? He's got good things for you. And so uh, don't try to escape. Don't, don't have this escapism mentality that says, I need to go run away, right? There's, uh, this, this is something I used to want to do. Uh, when I was still in the army, I thought I'd retire and, and go live out in the woods somewhere. And there's this, uh, there's a TV show that Tiffany and I watch called alone. 
Uh, there's 10 participants. They get put out in some wilderness setting and they have to survive as long as they can. They're allowed to take a few items with them, but they have to build shelter. They have to procure food and water and, and take care of themselves and see who lasts the longest. That's the competition. And, and it's called alone because they literally are alone and they have to film everything themselves. And that, that life used to appeal to me. Like I used to want to go do that. And I used to want to drag my family along. Like let's, when I retire from the army, we are going to go live out in the wilderness and, and just be alone. Right. Just, uh, not have to worry about dealing with people because I, I, I didn't want to do that. And so I used to want to escape too. And it used to sound like a dream, uh, but it's because I didn't want to deal with people. Right. And, and turns out it wasn't people that I didn't want to deal with. It was um, my own emotions. I didn't want to deal with those because I didn't know how uh, I didn't want to deal with, with my relationship with God because that might, uh, poke at the emotions or uh, poke at something else that I didn't want to, to, to look at, like the calling that he had given to, to me, that, that pull into ministry that I could feel years and years ago, even while I was still in. I didn't want to touch that either. It wasn't about uh, uh, escaping because I didn't want to deal with people. It was I didn't want to deal with me. I didn't want to deal with what God was asking me to do. Because a call into ministry is a call to deal with people, right? And, and that was just the the excuse I was using, uh, which allowed me not to really look at what it was that I was wanting to escape from. And so I, I understood then, you know, uh, that wanting to be my own person without somebody telling me what to do really wasn't really wasn't where I was being called and it wasn't where God wanted me. Right. And it, it, this goes back to that whole conquered piece. I didn't want to be conquered because I didn't understand it. Right. I just wanted to uh, be my own person. I, I wanted to um, be alone again. I, I still wanted my family there, but you know, how's that good for them? Right. How was, how was that going to be good for me? these are all questions when you start to examine what it is you're trying to escape from. How is that good for you? How is escaping good running away? You know, essentially I was just running away from God. And so I started to look at in preparing for this morning, when you're conquered by the father, you are then empowered to go out and conquer uh, Pepper hit on it yesterday. We are uh, not just um, like pastor's kids. We're king's kids, right? We are king's kids. And so uh, being conquered, we get to go out and conquer. And, and, and what we often miss is that there is a freedom uh in this that isn't fully recognized within our earthly understanding of what it means to be conquered. We have this uh, uh, oppression uh, mindset that's associated with the word of conquer, 
right? We, we go out and we conquer other people's lands or conquer lands or uh, conquer and control other people. And that is just not what this is talking about, right? We, we know the father, we know his voice. We are familiar with it, right? And we have been conquered by him. And that gives us freedom. It also empowers us. And so I want to read um, the first uh, the first 21 verses of John 10. And I want you to recognize here that uh, hearing the Father's voice, knowing his voice is one of those things that you'll recognize that, oh, wait. I have been conquered. I recognize this voice. It's familiar. It offers me something. It offers me freedom. It empowers me. It doesn't control me. So again, we have to, uh, like we've been, like we were talking about last week, where we are um, reframing what the definition of pastor is. We have to reframe what the definition of conquered is as well. So let's look at this. Uh, John 10, we're going to start in verse 1. Jesus said to the Pharisees, Listen to this eternal truth. The person who sneaks over the wall to enter into the sheep pen rather than coming through the gate reveals himself as a thief coming to steal. But the true shepherd walks right up to the gate, and because the gatekeeper knows who he is, he opens the gate to let him in. And the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd, for he calls his own by name and leads them out, for they belong to him. This is another aspect of, of this conquering that we undergo with Jesus that uh, we have to grab onto as truth is, is that uh, we recognize his voice as the true shepherd. And he calls us by name and leads us out because we belong to him. And, and how do I want to say this? Um, the conquering in terms of what we would know as, as an earthly conquering is what happened through the cross when he conquered sin and death. But he didn't just conquer them. He annihilated them on our behalf and pulled us into that as new creations. And so you have to make sure that you're paying attention to the voice that you're listening to, the, the voices that you're hearing, because one comes in to steal, doesn't come in through the gate. And it's going to sound unfamiliar. You need to be listening for that familiar voice of the shepherd, of Jesus. He goes on to verse 4, it says, And when he has brought out all his sheep, he walks ahead of them, and they will follow him. For they are familiar with his voice. But they will run away from strangers and never follow them, because they know it's the voice of a stranger. Jesus told the Pharisees this parable, even though they didn't understand a word of what it meant. It's interesting that these men who were supposed to be the ones that were leading the people to God weren't. They were actually leading the people away. 
and they were the ones that had an unfamiliar voice. Verse seven, so Jesus went over it again. I speak to you eternal truth. I am the gate for the flock. All those who broke in before me are thieves who came to steal, but the sheep never listened to them. I am the gateway. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. Got to catch that in verse 9 right there. Excuse me. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. This is what you're experiencing as one of the sheep who is conquered by the shepherd. It's freedom. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. This is, this is part of what it, what it means to, to be conquered. Right? You, you are empowered. You are uh, given freedom uh, and satisfaction and the experience of life and not just life, but uh, everything in abundance more than you would expect. Right, life in its fullness until you overflow. That's what's happening when you're conquered by Jesus, not controlled, not manipulated, not uh, oppressed, or uh, not uh, what we would say around here is edited. Right, you you don't have to do that. You get to have a voice. You get to uh, play with all the gifts. You get to speak on behalf of the Father, right? Because He trusts you. He trusts that you're gonna you're going to look at what He's doing and, and, and pull that down into your own life. Jesus goes on and says, "I am the good Shepherd who lays down my life as a sacrifice for the sheep." But the worker who serves only for wages is not a real shepherd because he has no heart for the sheep. He will run away and abandon them when he sees the wolf coming. And then the wolf mauls the sheep, drags them off and scatters them. So at the first sign of trouble, there is, there are those that are going to try to escape because they don't understand what's actually going on. They have, they have this earthly definition that's been twisted and, uh, and pulled away from what it really means in the kingdom. And that causes people to want to escape. It causes them to want to run away. Verse 14, I alone am the good shepherd and I know those whose hearts are mine, for they recognize me and know me, just as my father knows my heart. And I know my father's heart. I am ready to give my life for the sheep. This is an interesting um, point here that he was ready to give his life for the sheep. He's ready to give his life for you. And he did. And now we get to uh, choose to use what he empowered us with 
for the sake of the kingdom. So, hmm. listen for his voice and know his heart for you. This goes back to rightly seeing what he's doing in your life, what he's doing uh, in the, the group that, with the, those that you share oneness with, rightly seeing that. Right? Know his heart for you is good. He says, and I have other sheep that I will gather, which are not of this Jewish flock. And I, their shepherd, must lead them to, and they will follow me and listen to my voice. And I will join them all into one flock with one shepherd. The father has an intense love for me because I freely give my own life to raise it up again. I surrender my own life and no one has the power to take my life from me. I have the authority to lay it down and the power to take it back up again. This is the destiny my father has set before me. This teaching set off another heated controversy among the Jewish leaders. Many of them said this man is demon-possessed, is a demon-possessed lunatic. Why would anyone listen to a word he says? But then there were others who weren't so sure. His teaching is full of insight. These are not the ravings of a madman. How could a demonized man give sight to one born blind? This is, this is incredible. And this goes back to... Uh, what I briefly touched on at the beginning, you, you have a choice to make how you're seeing this. So you can choose to say, oh, um, this conquering is uh, oppressive and it's going to be a bunch of rule following and I'm going to have to do all these things and I'm not going to have my own life. And Or you can choose it to see that you have uh, freedom, you have satisfaction you have uh, everything in life in abundance uh, life in its fullest until you overflow this is what you can have in the conquering right so there's a lot in that uh, but i want you to take away the fact that knowing the voice of jesus shows that uh, he is the king he's the the conqueror but again there is freedom here there's not oppression there's not control there's freedom we have to be able to take these these things that uh, have been wrongly used in the natural and look at them through a kingdom lens, which actually turns it upside down and shows you really what is going on. And one of the questions that I, that I was thinking about in this is now, now that you get an understanding of what this actually means, what are you empowered to do? What have you overcome that you are now empowered to help other people conquer as well? Right. And, and and what you're empowered to do is not necessarily going to be um, the same thing that I am empowered to do or uh, anybody else, right? It's going to look different, different, excuse me. 
uh, and sometimes it's going to look like God manifesting through you like uh, like a lion. And sometimes it's going to be like a lamb because there are times where he's going to ask you to be uh, sitting with people. Maybe not necessarily saying anything, but just sitting with them. Maybe offering some wise counsel. And there's other times he's going to show you coming in like a roaring lion to conquer something that is going on in the spiritual. And that is going to have a dramatic effect here in the natural. Because we know that's what that's what happens. And so uh, you may go back and forth between those two. All right. So a question you got to ask yourself is, is he manifesting in me as more than a conqueror right now? Right now, is God manifesting in you as more than a conqueror? I certainly hope so. I mean, he's conquered and empowered you and offered you the freedom to become more than a conqueror. So you need to know that you're empowered to conquer. But like we've been talking about the last few Mondays, there is a personal responsibility uh, that is required in living this life. There are some disciplines that you need to, to enter into. And this is the personal responsibility that uh, doesn't lead you into legalism. It doesn't lead you into uh, checking boxes or just doing stuff for the sake of doing it. No, it leads you deeper into relationship. It leads you farther down the path of godliness. It makes you uh, transfigured to more to uh, uh, a greater degree of increase that you're mirroring what Jesus looks like to everyone around you. Whether they're a believer or not, they're going to be able to encounter Jesus because of what you carry. So are you disciplining yourself to enter in and follow down the path of godliness? You don't just get to sit around and and think that God is going to Take back the gift of free will that he's given you. That's why we have spiritual disciplines. He's, he's not going to override that. He's He gave you free will. He gave you the option to choose him regardless of the situation. He gave you that option. So you don't get to just sit around. You have to get up and move. You need to take action, right? If, if you're, you're unnourished and, and um, stagnant in what you're currently doing, probably going to want to make a change, whatever that looks like. Again, it's going to be different. You have to be willing to have a conversation with Holy Spirit and say, what's this look like for me? So you're more than a conqueror. But what are you doing about it, right? What are you doing about it? If you're still playing the victim and trying to uh, run away and escape like like Moses uh, did, 
not getting you anywhere, right? Are, are you getting out there and, and living life to the full, regardless of the circumstances that are coming against you? Or are you continuing to play a victim? There's always going to be something coming against you. Always. You overcome and conquer one thing, the enemy is going to throw something else at you. It's just what's going to happen. But the, the, the beauty of it is, is you don't have to do it in your own strength. You don't have to uh, take these things on. You don't have to take these attacks on. You don't have to take uh, anything that's trying to get you to, to be a victim and victimize you. You don't have to take it in your own power. You get to mount up on the wings of God. You get to uh, uh, do that in his strength, right? Yes, deal with it and live in the freedom. Yes, Amory, that's absolutely right. Because there is always going to be something coming against you. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat that. But it's in how you deal with each of those things. The source of your strength to deal with these is not found within yourself. Thank you, Jesus, that it's not. Because I don't want to try to do all of these things under my own strength. I don't want to have to deal with these things that come against me in my own understanding, in my own wisdom. Because I know where that's going to get me. It's not going to get me anywhere good. That's for sure. So there's always going to be something coming against you. I want to look at uh, a little bit of Romans 8 here. Uh, we're going to read verses 31 to 39. So, so what does all this mean? If God is determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us, for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? God himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over them not guilty. Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love toward us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's, and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? No, for they all, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love, even though it is written. All day long we face death threats for your sake, God. We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all 
for God has made us to be more than conquerors. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. There is one thing that I would add in that uh, in verse 38, where it says there is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There's also nothing in your memory of your past that changes or weakens his love for you. Nothing you've done, nothing in the present or nothing in the future can weaken that love. There is a lot in those verses right there that point to the fact that God conquered and is now in turn empowering you to conquer, to be more than a conqueror, to rule, to reign, to have dominion. Angie talked about this yesterday. Getting back to uh, the, the dominion, right? If you're focused on that, you're not going to worry about being a victim. It's just not something that's going to be be a problem for you. If you are so enthralled and and focused on what it is that the father's doing, you're not going to have time to pretend to be a victim. Because the reality of your circumstance that we just read, there's no victimhood in there whatsoever. Not one piece of it. It's all a, a fabrication of, of our imaginations. For, for those that know the voice of Jesus, that are co-seated, if at any point you start to feel, feel like a victim, that is a fabrication of your imagination. It is a lie. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we went through unpunishable. Satan's been thrown out of heaven. He has no, he doesn't have the ear of God to accuse you anymore. All right, so who is he going to go to to accuse you? Of course, he's going to come straight to you. He's going to come as this voice that makes you feel accused. But but God's not hearing that. It's not your reality. Your reality is co-seated, child of God, reigning and having dominion. So I, I hope you're convinced uh, that his good love for you and over you and toward you is for your growth. 
that you're rightly seeing the fire that he's bringing into your life to refine you, to offer correction, to offer discipline. It's love. Are you going to be conquered by that love? In that, that kingdom sense of the word conquer, are you going to be conquered by his love? You can't be separated from his love. You can't run far enough away from it. There is no escape from his love. There's no escape. So, you know, you can either uh, uh, accept his love or uh, you can run from it and then have it tackle you and you'll just be loved tired. You're going to be loved either way. There's no escape in it. So there's two questions uh, that I want you to take into your time with Holy Spirit this week. Uh, one of them Angie asked yesterday. Uh, the, the first question is, how are you empowered to conquer? Right, he's in the the kingdom sense that you are conquered by him because he is the king and you are a king's kid right how are you now empowered to conquer what is it you've overcome that you have conquered with jesus that he is now empowering you to go out into the world and conquer and overcome and the second this is the one angie asked yesterday and i I think this is very important when you think about Am I running? Am I trying to escape from something? What am I really trying to escape from is where am I in proximity to the Father? And you should probably be answering that question first. Ask yourself, where am I in proximity to the Father? Because that is going to be telling. Are you on the run? Or are you climbing up into his lap to hear what he has to say to you? Are you climbing up in his lap for him to break open all that you are empowered to conquer? Because there's a lot of things in this world that we have yet to see conquered. You want to see things like uh, cancer conquered? Well, the research and development is going to be done in your time with Holy Spirit. Because you are the answer. You are the solution. But it's got to start with, where am I in proximity to the Father? Yes, even if he is terrifying, we have to run to him. Moses did. can't imagine the feelings I would come up with or that would, that would come up inside of me if I saw something burning, that's not being consumed though. It it might be a little terrifying. So where am I in proximity to the father and how are you empowered to conquer? Get in, get into um, some prayer with Holy spirit. Talk to him. Have a conversation. Listen to what he has to say to you. 
And when you hear whatever that is, come back and tell us in the comments. Let us know. And, and we ask that you come back and share it in the comments because that allows all of us to be put on notice of what it is you're carrying, who you are. It also allows us to be able to hold you accountable to that. If that sounds scary, too bad. Do it anyways. All right. Have a great week. Uh, Angie will be on Friday morning, 10 a.m. You're you're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be phenomenal. All right. Bye.